Well, good morning and welcome to the gathering at Trace. How are we doing today, guys? Good, good. So glad you all are here. This is fun. We or we are just getting started, and it is fun. Now, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be difficult down the road, but but right now, it is fun, and we are just tapping in to that fun. And so I'm so glad you all have uh, made it a priority to be here this morning. For those of you all that don't know who I am, my name is Corey, and I am a Trace. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege of having several responsibilities as, as a pastor on staff at Trace. Uh, one of those things is that I actually oversee all of next generations. Uh, so uh, that's the kind of our kids and our students. Now, now Daisha, um, she's actually leading our, our Trace kids right now. She does an incredible job with that. So birth through through fifth grade. I, I get the privilege of actually leading our students. So sixth through 12th grade. So for those of you all that have been asking whether or not we have something for that particular age group, it's a resounding yes. A matter of fact, over the past couple weeks um, at my house is where we meet six to eight o'clock. We've had just under 20 students show up and be a part of that. And it's been so fun. It's been awesome. Um, so if you have kids or you are a kid, uh, a, a grade six through 12. Uh, we want to encourage you guys to come and join us tonight. I, I told them this week that if we got over 20 students, I would let them shape my beard. Okay. Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous about that, but if, if you have kids or you are uh, somebody in that particular age group, make sure you find me afterwards. I'd love the opportunity just to chat with you um, and, and get you guys engaged. Also, one of the roles that I play here is that I'm on the teaching team, uh, and this is what that means. Uh, all those awesome things that you heard Aaron talk about the last couple weeks, they were probably my ideas, all right? Just joking, just joking. Matter of fact, some of the awesome ideas that you'll hear today are probably his, um, but uh, we have an opportunity to collaborate in that regard, and it's really cool, and uh, we're loving that together. So you'll get to hear from me on occasion uh, up here as well as Aaron. Now, I, I got to tell you, the last couple weeks have been incredible, and so I have to ask the question, how, how does one come up here and follow the last two weeks? I mean, think about this. The first week, Aaron led us in an effort, and we, we collected over 200 pairs of shoes that this week we actually get to go and distribute to foster feet. I mean, that's just an incredible feat, right? And then last week, you all show up, and then we give thousands of dollars away in envelopes to kickstart this idea of us going and being a trace of God's love everywhere we go. So how does a guy like me follow up that? I brought candy. All right, that's right. All right that's right. So you can't go wrong with candy. Here we go. Who wants some candy here, huh? Candy. Candy and more candy. All right, very good. That's, that's, that's how you top, you top those two weeks, all right? So you can't go wrong with candy. Now, on a serious note, though, on a serious note, it's so cool to see our church already engaging and making a difference in people's lives. As a matter of fact, a, a story came in through uh, the website this past week from a guy, and, and I want to share his story with you because we learned last week every story matters to God, uh, and if every story matters, we want to celebrate those stories. So, so listen up to this. A man writes, I was in an avalanche while ice climbing and fell 500 feet, suffering injuries that should have taken my life. Well, while waiting on a rescue, I experienced a classic near-death experience and found myself in the presence of God. He continues, says, But the struggle to find a church has been unbelievably difficult due to the judgment and lack of acceptance that seems to be commonplace in American Christian institutions. Well, your church and your sermons have left me in tears of joy. I'm finding a place that feels closer to heaven than I felt possible. I love you guys. 
And, and we love you too. And I hope that you're here with us here today because that is the kind of church that we want to be. And those are the kind of stories that, that we want to embrace as a church here at Trace. Guys, our gatherings together are already making a difference. And this is just the beginning. This is just the start. And, and actually today we're going to continue on in our series called Start. And the topic today is going to be Start With One. Now before we fully gauge in, in this particular topic, I feel the need to qualify myself. And here's what I mean. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Aaron got up here and he started us off. He kicked us off uh, by sharing with us his rap sheet. And then inviting us to, to bring our stuff to the table. And so, in, in the spirit of authenticity and honesty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my list to the table today as well. Okay? I, I don't have a criminal record, but I have a list just the same as, as him and just the same as you, and I wrote mine down just to make sure I wasn't tempted not to tell you what they were. Okay? And so, here, here it is. I, I can be unbearably selfish and self-centered at times. At, at times, my pride wells up and it blinds me. I, I'm prone to, to the emotion of, of anger and frustration, particularly in my home when things aren't working out the way they should. You, you know, my eyes wander and my heart is unfaithful at times. I, I have a hard time sometimes telling the truth and, and I'm, I'm convicted of, of people pleasing. I, I enjoy sugar way too much and I hate confession because it makes me feel weak. But Jesus says, Jesus says this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that his power may rest on me. Guys, I'm not qualified to get up here and to talk to you guys because I got it all figured out. I'm here and I'm qualified simply because his grace is sufficient for me and he's called me to do so. So there's my list. It's on the table. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to get to know each other's lists and understand how God's grace has overcome those things in your life and in mine together. So let's get started. Let's get started with one. Now, we know, we know that one is the loneliest number, right? Three Dog Night shared that with us. One is the loneliest number. But I would like to make a proposition to you guys today, and you all may disagree with this. And that's okay, because you can be wrong. Okay, um, but, but here's my proposition. I, I would contend that one is also the most significant number. And here's why. I truly believe that one matters to God. I mean, if you look at the story of God, if you look at history, you, you see that God is constantly using one thing, one act, one person to accomplish some incredible things. As a matter of fact, he, he looks around the world and he finds this guy named Abram and he goes to this one man and he says, if you'll be faithful to me, if you'll follow me, I'll make you the father of a nation. And Abram does that, and his name turns to Abraham. And then he says, uh, you know, that nation, that nation that you have birthed and that has become who you are, that one nation will bless all the nations when, when he sent his one and only son to, to, to finalize a one-time sacrificial act that impacted the entire world and you individually and specifically here today. Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person... Adam did it wrong and got us into all this trouble with sin and death. Another person, Jesus, did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man, Jesus, said yes to God and put many in the right. Speaking of Jesus, let's actually 
to take a look and see what Jesus had to say about this concept of one. Now, if, uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn it to Luke chapter 15. If you don't happen to have your Bible, but you have an uh, electronic device, you've got your phone on you, uh, this particular program, it's, a, it's an application, version is a great way to just get connected, and you have it uh, at the tip of your finger on your phone at any time, okay? Uh, if for some reason you don't have a Bible at all, or you didn't have one today, we have one for you. At guest services after our gathering today, you can go get it. But for right now, you can take a look at the screen with me, and we're going to take a look at what Jesus had to say about this, all right? So Jesus, he, he tells them this parable. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Okay, these are Jesus' words. This is the story he's telling. This is the emphasis he's placing on one. And just to go a step further, he says, just in case you all didn't get this, I'm going to give you another illustration to help you understand it. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Guys, you need to understand God cares about every single one. As a matter of fact, today, you might be that one. You might be the one that that God has left the 99 to go after and to bring back to him because he's missing you. The fact of the matter is, is God cares about one. And if you don't think that he does, then you don't know, understand the, the God of the Bible. So if God cares about one, if one is important to God, then it should be important to us. And therefore, we should probably start with one. And the one thing for us today to ponder and consider is this. You cannot do everything, but you can do one thing. So a practical application for us today, okay? Uh, those of us who have multiple kids in your home, okay, this, this is what I want, I want you to do, okay? You can't do everything, but you can do one thing. What I want you to do is I, I want you to just ignore the other kids and just focus on your favorite one for the next week, okay? <laughs> just joking, although you know you have a favorite. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the deal, okay? I think that uh, you would actually probably agree with me that one matters. It plays out in all sorts of areas of our life. But the problem... The problem with this is that there's actually an enemy of one, or rather enemies of one, okay? And so I spent some time just thinking through what, what are some of the things that actually contend with this concept of one that keeps us from actually valuing one or focusing on one. And so I came up with, with four Ds, and, and, and here they are. Okay, we'll start with this, distraction. Distraction is probably the, the number one enemy of one, and, and this is all about periphery. Now, growing up playing sports, uh, it was always really good and beneficial for me to have peripheral vision, to be able to see what's on the outside to make sure that I'm, I'm passing the ball right or seeing the defenders, okay? But in this game called life, oftentimes the things that are on the outside, the periphery, are, are things that distract us and detract us from the mission, from the one thing that we actually should be doing. 
A matter of fact, this happened just, just yesterday to me, all right? It might be happening to you guys right now. I, I, I love college football. Any, any college football fans out there? Okay, I love college football. I can sit down and watch college, college football all day on Saturday, okay? But, but here's the deal. Uh, it was a beautiful day, and my family really wanted to go up to the mountains and go see some stuff. So I had, I had this choice to make, okay? Everything in me was thinking, all right, what about the games? Where, where, like, who's winning now? Is Alabama winning? I, I don't know. And so I'm thinking about these things, but the one thing I needed to be doing was focusing in on my family. Some of you guys right now are thinking, Am I make, I'm going to make it home in time for the Broncos game, all right? I promise I'm going to try to do my very best to get you out of here in time to go watch the Broncos game. But, but here's the deal with distraction, okay? It comes in all sorts of forms and fashion, and all the devil has to do is he has to, he has to put something in, in your presence that vies with your vision. Just, just one thing that he can put there to make you think that that's more important than the one thing that you actually should be doing. It could be your phone, it could be television, it could be a sin distraction, it could be whatever it happens to be. All he has to do is get it out of your mind so that you don't focus in on that one thing. And I think that's what the writer of Hebrews had in mind when he said this, he spoke this, he, he said, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that distracts, everything that's on the periphery, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus. One of the enemies of one is distraction. A- another enemy of one okay, is this idea of dispersion. It, this, is, this is the concept of spreading yourself so thin that you actually get diluted. It's, it's saying yes to, to lots of things without considering whether or not it's the most beneficial thing for you to do. And I just got to admit to you today, this is probably the enemy that catches me the most when I'm trying to focus on one. And, and here's, here's how it works for me. I, I have spiritual ADD, all right, that probably stems from a, uh, a Messiah complex. And the temptation for guys like me is to try to take on too much or too many. And here's the reality of that. It is prideful, and, and, and probably worse than that, it's ineffective. You, you see, there's, there's a, an old saying that, that if you, you try to catch two rabbits, you'll lose them both. Now, you know, growing up uh, as a country boy, I've, I've, I've chased after my fair share of rabbits, okay? It's hard enough to try to catch one, but if you try to go after two of them at a time, there's no way you're catching one. And that's what happens. We get divided, and, and then we actually lose our course, and we're actually not able to accomplish what we should be accomplishing in the first place. So here's the reality for you. Some of you might need to actually stop doing some things in order to be able to focus on one thing really well. Dispersion. Okay, another enemy is, is doubt. Uh, this is the enemy that speaks into your ear that says what you do, what you say, really doesn't make a difference. It is insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Uh, this is really the thing that we wrestle with when, when people don't vote, right? We got an election coming up, and a lot of us are probably like, ah, I'm so frustrated with all the candidates. I'm just not even going to vote. What you're saying, in fact, is that you doubt that what you do will make any kind of difference. It's also the reason why a lot of us don't engage in some of these, these big-ticket issues that we have going on around here, like, like foster care. It's like, what is my one effort going to do uh, for the foster care system in Colorado or in this nation, for that matter? But there's this guy named Andy Stanley, a pastor in Georgia, who says this, and I love, I love this thought. He says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And I I believe that this actually echoes the sentiments of Jesus when when he says this. He says, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Now, Now, notice what Jesus doesn't say here. He doesn't say, if you're my disciple, you need to solve the problem of thirst for kids around the world. That's not what he says, is it? No, he says, if any one of you 
gives a cup of cold water to one of these. He, he places a high value on the individual effort because you know what happens to that one? You might not have solved child poverty, but to that one kid, you made a difference. And there, if there's enough of us, the anyone's, doing good things like that to the one, then it does make a difference. And here's the reality, okay? You can't help but impact others. You can't help but influence. The question is whether or not you're going to be contributing to the problem or whether you're going to be contributing to the solution, okay? Don't doubt that what you do is insignificant. It is significant, even if it's significant only to that one. The last enemy of one, or the last D that I could come up with, okay, is uh, this idea of distress, Now, distress is an enemy because you get sometimes overwhelmed so much that you don't even know where to start. You don't know where to begin. Have you ever been there before? Maybe maybe you're there right now. You just started a new job. Or, or you get into the office and your to-do list, your email, uh, you know, box is like just flooding full of stuff and you just, you feel kind of paralyzed. Or, or maybe you just moved into a new house or maybe your kitchen is a wreck. What happens is you get so overwhelmed with all that's on you, all that's on your plate right now, maybe you just got diagnosed with an illness and you're overwhelmed, you just can't do anything. My, my, my little girl gets like this from time to time when her room gets messy. Now, I'm not talking about like the little mess on the floor. I'm talking about tornado just came through the house kind of mess, you know, where it, like, it overwhelms me to go into the room. And, and so we've, we've tried different things with, with my little girl. We, we've gone in and said, all right, here's a consequence if you don't get it picked up. Or here's a reward if you do get it picked up. And none of that stuff works, okay? Um, for some reason, the only thing that will work with her when she gets into this place of being so overwhelmed, so distressed by the situation is when we go in and we say, hey, sweetheart, can you pick up that book? That Just one, one book. Can you pick up that book and put it on the shelf? And she doesn't. Okay, now, can we focus in on the category of books? Just, just the books. Can you put those away? And she doesn't. Now, okay, now let's work on the stuffed animals. Now let's work, and one thing at a time, helps her to be able to accomplish that task, which she couldn't do ahead of time because she was overwhelmed. And here's the reality. That, that plays out for all of us. But we are able to overcome anything by taking one faithful step at a time. doesn't matter if the thing that's overwhelming you right now is a sin struggle that you deal with or an addiction or a strained relationship or a difficult situation. Everything that you're going through right now that's causing you to be paralyzed if you just take one step, you take one step in the right direction, it compounds. I want to ask you a question. How many of you guys know who this guy is right here? Who is this? Who is this? It is Curly. This is Curly from City Slickers. All right, you all have seen the movie City Slickers? Okay, that, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I love this, I love this movie. It's a good movie. Now, I, I got I to admit to you, I don't typically take my theology or philosophy of life from Billy Crystal movies, okay? But sometimes when a cowboy speaks, you, you got to listen, all right? And, and this cowboy says this, this thing, and he's holding up his finger, all right? And we're not promoting the Marlboro Man here, okay? We're not promoting smoking, but he holds up his one finger, and this, this is what he says. He says, you know what the secret to life is? This. One thing. Just one thing. And once you figure it out, you stick to that. Everything else don't mean something with an S. I don't know what he's trying to say there, but you all get the point, okay? Nothing else matters when you figure out that one thing. If you focus your energies and your efforts towards that one thing, 
oftentimes you are going to make more progress and be more effective in this life if that one thing takes priority, it takes precedence, it stays in focus. Matter of fact, there's this guy named Jamie Winship who's, who's made quite a difference on my life and, and, and how I minister and even how I pray. And, and he's been encouraging me lately to pray this particular prayer. And I want to share it with you because I think it's a prayer that you can pray as well. And this is it. Lord, what's the one thing that you want me to know right now? And what do you want me to do about that one thing? Lord, what's the one thing you want me to know right now? And what do you want me to do with that one thing? Now, when you guys came in here today, you all received an Uno card, okay? I, I, I gave you this Uno card, one, because it is my favorite game. We play this at home. It's called Slap Snap Uno, okay? We're not going to play that today, but if you all ever come over to my house, I'd love to introduce you to this, all right? It's, it's as aggressive as the name of it sounds, okay? But here's the deal. Uno stands for what? What does Uno mean? One, checking your Spanish, all right, good job. <laughs> yeah, I love that, okay, it stands for one, okay? I'm not gonna ask you all to write on this, but I'm a, I'm a kind of a tangible person. I need reminders. I don't know if that's you or not, but I need some things just to kind of jump out and catch my mind and remind me of things. And so this is what I want you to do. Right now, I want you to think about that prayer that we just prayed, and I want you to think about the things going on in your life. What is the, what is the next most important one thing that you need to be doing in your life? What is the next most important one thing that, that you can be doing in your life? And what I want you to do is I want you to place this card somewhere that you'll see it, uh, maybe on the dash of your car or uh, you know, on the refrigerator at your house or you know, on the mirror in, in your room. If you don't brush your teeth, find a different place that you all do it like on a regular basis, okay? But put this somewhere that you will remember. And every time you see this card, think about the next most important one thing you can be doing. Because you can't do everything, but you can do one thing. There's one body and there's one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who sent his one and only son who died once for all so that he might be the one focus for us, who's given us this one mission as a church for your one life. So what is your one thing? What is that one thing for you? Now, there is power in one. And when you focus on one, that one becomes one more. And it's easy to get overwhelmed and distracted and distressed as we talked about. We understand that. So at Trace, what's going to happen is you're going you're to hear us promote this principle of one over and over again. You're going to hear this reverberated in, in various different values that we share with you. And, and, and matter of fact, last week you actually you heard kind of the start of this thing uh, as Aaron talked to you about the mission of our church. And those of you all that don't know the mission of our church, it's to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. But, but the key to that, the key to that mission, we don't get started on this. We don't get any progress on this unless you start seeing people again. And that's what Aaron talked to us about last week. And you don't start seeing people unless you start seeing a person, an individual, a person who's made in the likeness and the image of God, who he cares about and cherishes, okay? Because unless you start seeing people again, we, we won't accomplish this mission. And he shared this with us last week. You'll hear us say this on numerous occasions, but every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. Every single one of them. Every story matters to God. It's the principle of one. 
And each week when you hear a message, the, the hope is that you will walk away with here with, with something, all right? But in case you don't have something, what we want to do is we want to put one thing in front of you. Now, I know, uh, even as a pastor who's preparing a message, a week later it's hard for me to remember the three or four points that I made. But, but I can remember one thing, and that's the one thing for us today, is you cannot do everything, but you can do one thing. You also hear us talk about this idea of, of who's your one. Who's that one person that God wants you to invest in or invite to, to be a part of something? And, and, and oftentimes we get overwhelmed with, with all the people that we have in our sphere of influence. But, but we want you to focus just on one person because there's a, there's a compound exponential equation that happens whenever we focus on one person. Matter of fact, if you were just to invest in one person over the entirety of this next year, you were to invite one person to this gathering over this next year, and that person was equipped to do the same for another person after that year, okay, we would be the biggest church gathering uh, in the course of, of eight years, just eight years, if we invested in just one person, one person over the entire year. And in the course of 14 years, we would actually be able to reach the entirety of Colorado Springs. Okay? I, I know that some of these equations are problematic, but just understand that sometimes narrowing it down and doing one thing can be important, more important than doing lots of other things. So who's your one? Who's, who's the person that God has put in your path or your sphere of influence that he wants you to invest in, pray for, share with, and invite to? You also hear us talk about things like um, when you're at home and you're having difficulties with your spouse or with your kids, what's the one thing that I can be praying for you about? Let that be a trigger for you. Or what's the one act of kindness that I could do to, to, to spur things on, like what we did last week with the envelopes? Or what's the one step towards being a good neighbor that I can be? You might not know all your neighbors, but can you know one of them? Because the one thing, you cannot do everything, but you can do one thing. Now, guys, <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me talk to you guys about something. Um, we have an opportunity, a very special opportunity, to start something from scratch. Like What you guys are getting to be a part of, we'll be able to look back on that, and you'll be able to raise your hand and be able to say, I got to be a part of that, the very beginnings of, of what happened there at Trace. And who knows where God is going to take this, but we have an opportunity to lay the foundation from the very beginning. And so we've had some of those foundational conversations. And one of the things that we've, we've talked about is we, we've had this conversation that basically said, all right, uh, we understand that one of the big issues of the church today is mission drift. And this is what I mean by that. Churches get in the habit of doing stuff and asking people to do stuff that doesn't necessarily lead the church where they want to go. And we start doing a bunch of stuff because that's what we should do as a church, but it's not actually leading us toward the mission. And so what we've done as a leadership team is we sat down and we've had some conversations and we asked ourselves this question. We said, if we had the opportunity to lay the foundation, if we got to choose that one thing for you, the one thing that, that God would have you do that we could do as a church together, if we only got to ask you one thing to do, what would that one thing be? Now, you can imagine, uh, with a bunch of opinionated pastors involved in this, we had lots of thoughts and, and ideas and concepts, and we, we talked about things. That's probably a little softer word. We argued about things. We debated things. We wrestled over this. We shed blood over these things, all right, to try to figure out what is the one thing that we could present before you and direct you in so that you know that that's the most important thing that we think you can do, the most beneficial thing for you personally and your, your walk with Christ as well as to accomplishing the mission of this church. And, 
and here's what we deliberated and came up to. If we could ask you to do one thing, it would be this. It would be D1. And D1 stands for this. It stands for Disciple 1. Now, I'm making an assumption, but I can assume that those of you all that showed up here today that are in this room, as well as those of you all that are listening to this online, um, you are here because you want to better yourself some way, somehow. Is that a fair assumption to make? Okay. Now, when, when you are trying to better yourself by looking more like Jesus, that's what we call discipleship. Now, now, some of you guys have been a part of programs, have been a part of churches where this, this concept of discipleship has really gotten complex and we've made it really difficult to actually do or to accomplish. And, and so one, one of the things we want to do is just narrow, narrow this down and get it down to the simple, simple roots of what this really, really is. And, and when we think about it, th- this, is, this is discipleship. When I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm becoming more like Jesus and I share that thing with somebody who can learn and grow and become like Jesus, that's all discipleship is that's all that it is and so what we have done is we've created a tool that that we think is is so simple that it's actually effective and and we're seeing the effectiveness of this already happen at various levels of of this organization and this church matter of fact we do this we do this as a leadership team a directional team we do it as a staff we encourage people to do it as uh, as a spouse or maybe with their kids Uh, this is actually the format that we use on Sunday nights uh, when we get together with our youth group and we're seeing some incredible benefit from this particular tool being used this D1 tool and so much so that that these these kids that are doing it on Sunday night collectively with other people are actually taking that home and doing it on their own throughout the day throughout the week I actually I heard a story about one such kid who's who's a foster kid in a family um, that is fostering kids here in our church and and he's been doing this on a daily basis and it's making a difference in his life so much so that he's been getting together with his biological brothers and, and his siblings and he's sharing the things that he's learning with them guys what we're doing here is going to matter over there Okay. Now, it's this, this tool that we're also, I'm going to describe to you in just a moment, uh, it is so simple that it's also transferable. And we, we think that this is a huge thing because if, if we don't give you a tool, we don't teach you how to use it to be able to teach somebody else how to use it, then it doesn't really matter. And so what I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes, you're not only going to be able to do yourself, but you will also be able to teach somebody else how to do it. That's actually the, the very thing that caused us to land on this one thing that we wanted to share with you. Aaron was having a conversation, and he was sharing this with a friend of ours, and he was trying to teach him how to do D1. And at the end of the conversation, the guy looked back at Aaron, and he said, when can I start doing this with other people? And that just solidified it for us. We said, that's, that's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to encourage. And so, so I'm going to share this tool with you, prepared to be underwhelmed. All right, here we go. You ready? This is it, D1. One chapter. One verse, one thought, one moment, and one person. That's it. That's D1 in a nutshell. Matter of fact, I want you all to read it with me real quick. All right, ready? One chapter. One, 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 one. That's it in a nutshell. This, this, is, this is D1. Now, we believe... We believe that if you want to look like Jesus, that means that you have to know what he said and you need to know what he did, which means that you need to be in the Bible. Now, now here's the deal. 
I know those of you all are sitting here, maybe those of you that are listening online, you have various thoughts and ideas on this. Some of you guys accept this as the word of God and it's your source of truth. Some of you guys have some major struggles and issues with this book and this compilation of writings, okay? Here's the deal. This is what you need to know. D1 is for all of you, no matter where you would fall on that spectrum. Because we believe that if you're truly seeking after truth and you want to have an appointment with God, if you sit down and you do this, that what we're talking about, that, that power and wisdom will flow from these pages and you will hear from God, no matter what you think about this book. And so this is, this is the format, this is the tool, this is what we encourage, okay? It's one chapter, one chapter a day, and we encourage you to do this daily. Now, uh, one chapter uh, shouldn't be overwhelming for you. I'm a very slow reader, but one chapter is typically about 10 to 15 minutes. That's all it would take. And if you don't know where to start, we actually, we've got the sticker. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But we've actually given you a starting place. We said, you know what, if we had the opportunity to kind of start this from the very beginning, we'd say start with the book of James. It's just incredibly practical. has a lot of wisdom to it. doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus, believe that there's a God. There's things that you can actually pull from the Bible in the book of James. So start there, just five five chapters, you get it done in a week, okay? Then move on to John, then move on to Acts, then move on to Romans, and that'll be plenty to get you started, okay? But out of that, doesn't matter what you're reading, I'm currently reading 1 Kings, one chapter a day. And what you're doing is you're setting up an appointment, and you're saying, God, if there is a God, I'm showing up, and I'm asking you to show up. Will you speak something to me today? Now, out of that one chapter, we, we want to encourage you to, to highlight one verse. What's one verse out of that entire chapter that's just popping off the page to you? Now, it doesn't matter what that verse brings out or elicits. I would encourage you to write that verse down. And this is one of the keys to this D1 study, all right, is that you'd have a journal or I actually use my phone. I use Evernote and I use it electronically to, to write my thoughts down. So what's that one verse that stands out to you? And from that verse, what's the one thought just one thought. It could be an insight, something that intrigued you. It could be an inquiry, like a question that you have about that one thing, okay? And then spend one moment, spend mo- one moment just asking God. Maybe that same prayer that we prayed earlier, Lord, what is the one thing you want me to know about this? And then shut up, okay? And, and just listen. And just spend, in that moment, it could, just, it could be a minute. It could be one minute just saying, what do you want me to know, God? And let him speak. Guys, I'm a firm believer, and I've experienced it in my life, and I've seen it happen in other people's life. God is alive, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to share things with you, and he will through his word, and he will through his spirit, but we have to give him a moment. We have to allow him to speak to us. And this, this last part is quite possibly the most important part about it, is one person. As you read this thing, and a verse stands out, and the thought comes out, and you have your moment, what is the one person that needs to hear that thought? that God gave you today. And, and if you start doing this, what's gonna happen is, uh, you're just gonna start praying prayers like, God, show me who you want me to talk to today. Show me who you want me to share this with. And you'll, you'll find this direct correlation between what you heard today and what your coworker is talking about or what your spouse is struggling with. And you're able to go, you know what? I read this today and I think you need to know it. And you give an, a, an opportunity for them to actually benefit from the things that you're learning. You know what that is called? Discipleship. You're sharing with others the things that you are learning. And the both of you guys get an opportunity to become 
more like Jesus. And it could be as simple as texting somebody. Matter of fact, one of my friends did his D1 this week and he texted it to me. And it was, it was from Revelation and it said, liars go to hell. I don't know what he was meaning by that, but he said he, I needed to know that. So uh, I'm just joking. You probably do need to be careful of the things that you send over text if you don't have context, okay? But, but it is an incredibly important thing. Who's the one person? Now, Here's the deal. Um, we encourage you to do this on your own. If you're not doing it with anybody else, the most important person for you to disciple is who? Yourself, right? Disciple one. At the very least, allow yourself to be discipled. But one of the things that I have found personally is that this is much more effective when you're doing it with somebody else. And it doesn't have to be a whole group of people. It can be one other person. It can be uh, some group of guys, or it can be a, a group of gals, or it can be some other teenagers, or it can be your spouse, or it can be uh, your kids even. You can do this with your kids. And it's amazing the insights that actually come up whenever you're able to allow somebody else to speak into something. And what will happen is you'll actually figure out, you'll find out that you totally skipped over that one thing that they saw. And because they were willing to share that with you and you were willing to give them time, you benefit from what I call the collective utterances of the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, you look throughout history, the history of Christendom, okay, uh, most, most people didn't have the Bible in a language that was able uh, and available to them. It wasn't available to them or it was illegal to have or they were illiterate. Most of Christianity, you weren't able to study the Bible on your own. You, you did it in a collective group and I believe there's a power in that. So I'm going to ask you guys, <clears throat> find some people. Find some people. It doesn't matter who they are. And, and, and give this a shot. You all need to understand, we have deliberated on this. The one thing, if we could get you to do, would be this thing, D1. And so as you all head out later, okay, we're not done with the service. I'm almost done with my message. But as you head out, our, our welcome team will have some stickers. And you could take these stickers and you could put them on the inside of your Bible and the inside of your journal. And it gives you basically just the Bible study. We want to encourage you. What's your one thing? I'm just asking Maybe, possibly, this is the one thing for you to do this week. Because you can't do everything, but you can do one thing. Will you pray with me? Aaron's going to come up and lead us in a response time. Father, we, uh, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that, that you have valued our individual lives to the point that you would send your one and only son to die for us. Uh, Lord, we know that it is so easy for us to get distracted from the main things. Um, and we oftentimes, we, we give in to them and we don't, we don't believe that one makes a difference. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to see that one is important to you and that we should start with one. So Father, I, I desperately pray and it is our hope that we would all hear from you. And that when we hear from you, that we would walk in that one thing, whatever it happens to be, that's the most important thing that we should be doing right now. But Lord, as we start this thing, as we get going as a church, Lord, I ask that you would allow us to surround ourselves around one thing like D1 and allow your word to speak to our heart, to transform our lives and to send us on a track that is going to accomplish the mission that you've given to us here to be a trace of your love everywhere we go. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.